Hello everyone, my name is Colin and this is the Living with Hope podcast. This is, it's just miraculous. Even Jesus in the desert for 40, wandering the wilderness for 40 days without food is beyond a standard human capability of having no nutrients going in. And so there's this miraculous fast. Now, when I talk, think about encouraging you to practice fasting, putting aside something that we rely on to rely more on God in all things, I want to encourage you to start with uh, smaller steps. You see, for myself, I find fasting to be a, a wonderful tool. And so to talk about with you, I'm not currently fasting now, and I do not want to brag about my fasting, but I want to encourage you in taking up the spiritual discipline. So it works like this. When I desire to pray about a certain topic or a direction in life or to seek God's wisdom into a scenario, I will often enter into a fast. And it might be a partial fast where I'll still eat fruits and veggies. And it might be a partial fast where I will set aside my breakfast time. So that 15 minutes it takes me to eat in the morning and I'll eat an apple and that's it. And then I'll use the rest of the time to enter in a time of prayer and seeking God into the situation. And I will do that for a few breakfasts in a row. Now, if I feel prompted by God, I will enter into a deeper fast where I may go an entire day without eating and go into a normal fast where there is no food and only water because I feel the urgency of seeking God and his, relying on him in whatever scenarios before me. But the thing is, when you fast, it's not just about, you know, hitting the right mix of not going with it, without going, going without food or, or making sure that it's, it's with water or without water or, or finding the right program. It is about, it is about walking humbly with God. It is about seeking him through it. It's not about the fast. That is just the 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 mode it's not it's not the end it's just the means and we've talked about that before but the the fast is not the thing to be celebrated it is the the close seeking of righteousness with god seeking his presence uh, seeking his face knowing that his face is turned towards us and praying in all things so you know Matthew 6, 6 to 18, I want 16 to 18. That's where Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount talks about fasting and how it is this deeply private and personal event that, you know, you are setting aside something that you rely on to seek God and that it is not about, you know, uh, parading it before other people so that they can see what you're doing. And it's not a, um, a spiritual, like, look at me moment, but it is truly a humbling moment where between you and your father you set aside something that he has provided for you he provides all things to us but you set aside something the gift to seek the gift giver but there are not just private fasts there are accounts throughout scripture and i've mentioned one already in esther uh, ezra is another uh, one where ezra with the entire nation of before they, they go back and build the temple, they fast as well. But they're congregational events. Uh, Joel is another situation where this happens in uh, Joel 2, 15 to 16. 
where a group of people together fast for a common outcome in a time of intense prayer and seeking the Lord. And so, you know, those are those are really the two types. You know, they break down into subcategories of national fasts or occasional fasts. Brothers and sisters, we can use our fasting to pray for the lost, to pray for what's going on in our own lives, to seek God for our nation, to seek God for our families. But we, Jesus used this always as an instrument for growing closer with the Father. And that's what I want to encourage you with today, that when you fast, always have a set goal of what it is for. It is to pray about a specific topic with the Father is to pray about a specific need or seek his uh, answer in a situation. But it's always about seeking the Father first and foremost. But by doing that, we see how he's at work around us and how the kingdom is expanding and where he is moving in the situation. So we want to seek the Father above all else with our fasting. Now, how to set up a fast. I want to encourage you that if you have never fasted before, then you should probably enter in at a level that is what I would consider, you know, first steps. Go without a meal. You pick a day of the week where you are going to set aside a meal or an activity and you set it aside. But remember, it's not just to skip it. This isn't a diet program. This isn't uh an intermittent fasting to lose weight. This is about seeking God intentionally. And so whatever you would time you would usually use for eating, then you set it aside to pray and be with God. You can also bring your Bible into this moment and just use it as a time to read God's word and to seek him in his word as well. So I want to encourage you, you're going to be practicing other spiritual disciplines and fasting is a time to create space for you to do that. Now, if you do it, then maybe the next time you set up a fast and, you know, it's a good thing, I would encourage to to have it regularly happen. You see, with our spiritual disciplines, oftentimes, you know, in the church, we talk about, you, you know, you need to read your Bible and pray every day. We need these regular rhythms of intentionality with our spiritual disciplines. And if you find fasting to be life-giving, an opportunity of, of, of deep, intimate, meaningful connection with the Father, then encourage you to set it into your calendar regularly. Maybe it's the first Monday of every month, or maybe it's the, the Monday of every week where you intentionally fast. But start by just setting aside one meal. And then if that is beneficial and you want to do more, maybe set aside that same meal for the entire week. You know, maybe it's for the entire eating of food and you're just going to drink water from when you wake up until lunchtime and you're going to be you're going to pray every time you feel hunger pains remember it's setting aside something we rely upon to rely more on god in all things or maybe you'll set aside an entire day to fast now i would suggest maybe your first time doing this wouldn't be a work day but maybe a day off where you will feel the pain the hunger pains and the gnawing within you and be driven into God's presence to pray as using that as the reminder that you are seeking the Father. Remember, the goal is that through this, we would be attached in righteousness more with the one who provides all we need. Fasting doesn't just affect us when we are practicing it. Afterwards, each bite of food can point us toward our Heavenly Father. 
when we set aside something we rely on, then the next time we partake in it, fasting can actually transfer into those moments when we actually are eating to remind us that of the true thankfulness we need to enter into, knowing that God has provided all things that we need for life, for love, and living righteous lives through Jesus Christ. So will you fast? I encourage you to read Matthew 6 and ask the Holy Spirit to prompt you in how to step forward. Maybe it is setting aside one meal. Maybe it's figuring out uh, an activity you need to fast from, texting for an entire day, or tweeting if that's something that you're into, or some social media fasts as well. But read Matthew 6 and see what Jesus has to say about it. Maybe jump into Esther and read how the entire nation set aside, set aside food, or Daniel, or into Joel as well. Read through the 77 times fasting is mentioned throughout Scripture. Because when you read about it, you hopefully will be inspired to participate in it. That the oddity of it will be removed and you will see with eyes of righteous eyes that God is calling you into a deeper relationship with him through this, this physical act of setting something aside to grow in your spiritual life. Well, thank you very much for listening. And may God inspire you through this time. May you grow closer to him and know deeply more the gospel that God is redeeming all things through the work and life of Jesus Christ unto himself and we get to participate in this. And that's what these spiritual gifts, these spiritual disciplines are. A participation in the life given and provided through Jesus Christ. This free gift from God. Thank you for listening. Have you ever been hungry? Have you ever had that gnawing desire within you that sometimes comes along late at night and you need that, that special treat or snack from the fridge or maybe the cupboard where the chips or chocolate is kept? I can say that oftentimes that I find myself desiring delectables. Living in our Western culture, we have ample opportunity to sample food from around the world and such creative delicacies that they are making my mouth water just thinking about them at this time. Well, what does this have to do with spiritual disciplines? What does this have to do with the reality that we should be hungering and thirsting after righteousness? That we should be panting like the deer is for the water for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Well, the reality is that this comes down to our spiritual discipline of fasting. Now, this is a very controversial, maybe not the right word, but ambiguous and strange practice that seems completely out of place in our Western culture. The reality is, though, that Jesus Christ practiced fasting, taught about fasting, especially in the Sermon on the Mount, and he did it in such a way that he is our prime example of what it means to use fasting to set aside a temporal or earthly satisfying or uh, life-giving substance like food, to seek and strive after a closer and deeper relationship with our eternal sustainer, our eternal source of satisfaction, God. 
Now, when we think about uh, Jesus' teachings on fasting, it's, like I mentioned, the Sermon on the Mount, we think about the fact that it is supposed to be done in such a way that it is not evident to those around us that we are practicing fasting. It is not something that we we need to tweet about or post about or tell everyone that we're doing. It is something between us and God to set aside something earthly, to seek and strive after something way more important, and that is time with God. We have prime example. We have other examples, not our prime example, throughout the rest of Scripture, like Daniel, who fasted from the sweet treats of Babylon, or even uh, in the book of Esther, when the entire nation of Israel fasted as they waited in anticipation for God's deliverance from Haman and his evil plot to wipe them out. You see, the spiritual discipline of fasting is this remarkably countercultural event for us in Western culture where we set aside something um, that satisfies the flesh to seek after the divine. And remember, our goal for spiritual disciplines is to grow in righteousness, not our own righteousness, but the righteousness of Christ, because we are practicing to be like Christ. This is something we get to do because of his wondrous work in our lives of reconnecting us with the Father through his death and resurrection, that he has saved us from the power of sin, and he is now saving us from the control of sin. So brothers and sisters, what is it about fasting that we need to learn today? I think that what we need to learn is that this is a very physical act that expresses a deep spiritual desire. You, you know, within Scripture, well, Jesus himself, he teaches 77 times on about fasting. In, to put this in perspective, he only mentions baptism— or, well, throughout all of Scripture, baptism is only mentioned 75 times. So it may seem odd, this idea of setting aside food, eating, uh, a daily activity that we practice to seek after God, but I think that is the very core of why fasting is important. We are setting aside something that we all know is necessary. The human being can only go, you know, three, well, two weeks, three weeks without food before we waste away. But it is that fact that we are setting aside something so essential to life to realize that we would, to focus on God, the one who we would completely waste away with, we would not exist without him in our lives. He's created all things and sustains all things, scripture says. And so this reality that we are coming to our sustainer in an important and meaningful way, that we are setting aside, the Bible always talks about setting aside food, and in our Western culture, we have adapted to setting aside technology or phones or social media or TV time or, or we're fast from other things. But we're setting aside something that we do every day to seek after the one who sustains our every day. Now, as the Bible talks about fasting in regards to food, that is what I will mainly be talking about. But if you have a, a medical reason uh, to, that you need to adapt and always need to uh, be eating, then adapt your fast from food to something else. And I encourage you to do so. You see, this isn't about legalism saying you, you must do this, but this is a practice we get to participate in. When Jesus participated in fasting, it was always from food, and it was always to set aside time to be closer with 
the Father. And that is our goal with fasting as well, is to be closer to God. So we are going to be talking about setting aside something you rely on. We rely on food so that you rely more on God. I guess that's the simple statement I just want to drive home, is that when we fast, we're setting aside something we rely on so that we grow in reliance on God. Now, Martin Lloyd-Jones has this great quote quote about fasting, and and it reiterates what I've just said. Fasting should really be made to include abstinence from anything which is legitimate and of itself for the sake of some special spiritual purpose. So that means that when we set aside anything to spend more time with God, that is a legitimate fast. I don't want to downplay or dismiss anything that you do. Now, there are four types of fasts found within Scripture, and I want to just go through these and then talk about how you can set up a fast for yourself. You see, there's the normal fast from food, uh, and you are able to drink water. You know, we read about these in Luke 4.2, that Jesus ate nothing, or Matthew 4.2. He was hungry when he was in the wilderness, but he wasn't thirsty. And so it's a food from fast. It's a fast from food, not water. Now, there are partial fasts as well. And these are fasts where somebody adapts what is before them. And so this is oftentimes what we see in Lent. You know, you set aside a certain item. So a lot of people do chocolate or smoking. And for the 40 days leading up to Easter, you prepare yourself uh, to rely on Christ's salvation work at Easter time more and more as you anticipate and grow towards it. And so a partial fast, like in Daniel, where all the sweet foods, all the rich foods were removed, but Daniel still ate fruits and vegetables and he still had water. So, you know, it's a partial fast where he was still eating and those who were with him were still eating, but they weren't eating lavishly. They were eating simply. And they did this so that they could dedicate themselves to prayer. And that's a thing. You know, when we think about prayer in scripture, fasting is kind of like a steroid for it. I guess that's a terrible way to think about it, but it's really a boost to our prayer. When we think about why we need to fast, it is so that we rely on God more, so that we practice his presence instead of whatever activity we were doing. So in this case, eating lunch maybe, or eating a breakfast, or eating throughout the whole day. And that we are reminded then to pray through our body's natural response to the lack of something. You know, We desire food. It's how our bodies work. And so when we set that aside, when we desire it, we use that as a prompt to pray. And so prayer and fasting are often connected within Scripture. You know, Esther used the the fasting of food for the whole nation to prepare for her time for being with the king in Hammond. It It was a moment for them all to pray for a united response, to seek God to step into this moment and change the king's heart so that a royal decree could be changed and altered and that their destruction would be postponed. And so for that one, they went with food without food or water. And so that is considered an absolute. So we have the normal, the partial, and the absolute. Now there is within scripture also the miraculous. You know, Deuteronomy 9.9 9 talks about Moses or Elijah uh, 
in 1 Corinthians 19, where there's a supernatural fast of going without food or water for 40 days. That wraps up the podcast for this week. Thank you very much for tuning in. If you have any questions or comments, email them to colin at mylivinghope.ca. Have a great week and God bless.